Waterfront Blues Festival is right around the corner. Fourth of July weekend, as you know. Over the years, OMN has given you inside looks on how it runs, besides keeping you informed about the musicians. Today, Louis Payne is here, or King Louis, as he likes to be called. We all know he's a master of the Hammond B3, but did you know he has a thriving business renting them, including at the Blues Festival? You'll see two of them this year. He'll be playing, of course, but so will any other musicians who needs one. We'll take a medium deep dive into those strange creatures, the organs, not the organists, and hear about the time another musician messed with the one that Booker T was going to play. Here's Louis Payne. Hello, Louis. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm all right. You know, uh, we're not in the Artichoke Cafe today, and uh, probably won't for a little while, but that's okay. We'll be back. Uh, who knows? You know, who knows? Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the Blues Festival. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it this year, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, I was starting in 2009, I guess, 2010, I guess it was, we had the famous Oregon Music News Comfy Booth. I don't know if you've ever ever got up that way in, in, the, in the Louisiana Pavilion. I, I would bring... Uh, I would go to Goodwill uh, the uh, the day before and 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 bring a, a bunch of couches and overstuffed chairs to put in the booth so people could sit down. <laughs> that was fun. Except uh, the first day, the uh, the first people to come in the booth was somebody who wanted to change their baby. <laughs> but a lot of people don't know the backstories back there. That's one of the things we've all tried to do over the years. Yeah. Is, is to present some of the back, of course, the front stories too, but backstories. And you certainly, of course, you know, you always play at the Blues Festival, but a lot of people don't know that you provide the, the Hammond B3s and whatever the B, other Bs are for the festival. How long have you been doing that? You know, I'm not exactly sure, but it's <laughs> certainly more than 15 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um yeah, it's been a long time. At first, I would just provide one of the organs because there's two main stages. Uh-huh. At a, uh, and then um, the, someone else was providing the other one. And then I ended up just providing both. And uh, the logistics of that are more complicated because I don't have a big panel van to stick two B3s and two Leslie speakers in. Um, but I get it done one way or the other. And, yeah, it's been at least 15 years now. So how, what do you do? How do you get them there and, and, and set them up and everything? That's, I think I think that's, that's pretty interesting. Well, um, basically, I usually do two trips. <laughs> For one year, I rented uh-huh. I rented a U-Haul, a large U-Haul van, and so I could do it all at once. And that and it was really more hassle than it was worth. You know, I have to pick up the van, <laughs> right. rent it, and uh, return it. And the van had a high higher uh gate or whatever uh in order to get the organ up there we needed a ramp and it was like you know it was easier just to make two trips with my minivan yeah <laughs> so that's yeah. yeah that's what we do huh. how, how have, have you ever measured how heavy they are well if you look at the hammond organ literature uh-huh. a, a i think 400 pounds for the hammond organ with pedals and bench wow it's but that's a complete myth and I don't know. <laughs> it, it's unimaginable to us nowadays that anyone would inflate the weight 
of their product. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, we believe less is more, but back in the day, I think it may have been calculated to make it seem like this was a more imposing substantial instrument. I don't know. Cause, cause <laughs> anyone will tell you, Oh yeah, they weigh 400 pounds. I think it's about 250 pounds, which is a big, big difference. Yeah. But that's enough. Isn't it? It's enough. Well, <laughs> the other thing is they're very bulky, so it's an awkward. Yeah. It's an awkward package to move. Um, but um, but the, uh, there was an invention. I don't know when it was invented, but um, before I started playing organ, um, someone, a company called uh, the Enric Company in Zimbrota, Minnesota, <laughs> in invented a set of dollies for moving organs called the roll or carry. That's with a carry with a K, K-A-R-I, roll or carry dolly. And it's a great, it made it possible for, to have professional organists. I mean, going back to the 1950s. Yeah. Um, with, uh, you have handles and you have wheels and the handles pop up and down and the wheels pop up and down and straps. And, um, yeah, so it, it made the whole thing possible. And two, two people can easily move a Hammond organ until they run into stairs. And that's where the adventure begins. Well, what do you do then? You ha you need more bodies. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you look around for strong, young football player type guys. <laughs> In fact, I'm just remembering my very first organ teacher. This is when I was 16. I started taking organ lessons. Mm -hmm. And... Um, uh, his name is Norm Bellis. He's still active, lives up in Seattle now, but this was down in San Francisco. But in, he instructed me not only in playing organ, but in all the logistics of being an organ player. You know, he told me, told me you have to have a, a van, you know, you have to have a set of organ dollies. Mm -hmm. And you have to know how to look out for, hold on, I'm going to close this door. Sure. Oh, my wife was in the background talking to our cat. Oh, I couldn't hear. Um, incidentally, my wife, Tracy, is part of Payne Organ Rental Service. She uh, uh -huh. she helped me a lot with the, the planning and the, uh, sometimes even the moving. But uh, what, what story was I telling? Oh, about the importance of the, the skill of finding people to help you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and your first uh, organ organ teacher who taught you. All yeah. Norm, stuff. Norm Bellis would say, yeah. yeah, he called them gunsels for some reason, you know, which is like, it turns out from watching untouchables episodes, that was like guys who killed people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knew that. He said, yeah, you need, you need to spot gunsels, you know, who <laughs> help you. And, you know, so, but, but they can't be drunk, you know, <laughs> Big young uh, guys that are willing yeah. to help, uh, but they can't be drunk or else they'll it'll be counterproductive. <laughs> well, the stage manager finds you those guys at the festival, doesn't he? Blues festival is no Blues problem. Festival, at all. Yeah. It's it's a wonderful, uh, incredibly well run festival, and uh, the camaraderie and the helpfulness is always present. You know, I can always get some guys to crew guys to help me. Um, but also, we don't really have to deal with stairs. We just have to get yeah get the organ uh, hoisted up onto the uh, uh, the backstage and then roll it up onto the stage. Uh -huh. And there's the two main stages: the south stage and the north stage. Uh -huh. Once you get there, how long does it usually take you to set it up? Um, 
Well, I'll, I'll get there early the, uh, the day before the festival actually begins or uh-huh. the morning that the festival begins Yeah. before uh, the crowd shows up. And so I can drive right to the back of the stage Yeah. and uh, g- get one or two guys to help me unload the organ out of the van. And then uh, I can actually do that part by myself uh, if my back is willing. And then, um, and then we need... Uh, three extra guys, so four in all, to uh, roll it up to the edge of the um, uh, the loading area and get one end of the organ up on, on there and then come around and lift the other end up and roll it up. Huh. And it takes, you know, 15 minutes. It's huh. not a big... Again, 250 pounds. I mean, a lot of people weigh more than 250 pounds. It's, it's, just, it's just the awkwardness of, the, of but, this but, big... But, but, yeah, but you're not carrying them around either. <laughs> no, when I was younger, I mean, I brought a Hammond B3 organ and at least one Leslie Speaker to every one of my gigs. Wow. I mean, that that was for decades. That's what I did. Uh-huh. And eventually, after I'd been in the Paul DeLay band for a while, um, um, I had I had an organ cut down, uh, modified to be more portable. Um, it still weighed a ton. But it was uh, the, the legs folded up, and I could put it on a hand truck. It was a lot easier to deal with, and uh-huh. that made me more popular in the Paul Delay band when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me. What what is? Uh, why do you prefer that organ over electric organs? Well, it is an electric organ. Well, and you know what I mean, though. You mean yeah. the digital, the, the yeah. newer? Um, yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, no one has completely captured the sound of a Hammond B3 organ uh-huh. digitally. Um, but uh, they've come closer and closer. You know, So there's an, uh, an organ called the Nord C2D combo organ mm-hmm. that I use on the bulk of my gigs these days. Really? And, uh, I'm a stickler for playing it through an actual Leslie speaker, which uh-huh. is this the combination speaker and amplifier that was... Um, uh, designed specifically to work with a Hammond organ. They called it the pipe voice of the Hammond organ. Mm-hmm. And they weigh 150 pounds, so they're big <laughs> in both cells. And uh, and they have tubes, and they have... Uh, there's a rotating drum that the lower frequencies go into, and then a, a rotating horn that the high frequencies go into, and the two rotate in different directions. And the whole thing is this, you know, amazing contraption developed uh, by a man named Don Leslie. And uh, it really, even if you've never seen one, have no idea what it is, it's something that everyone has heard thousands and thousands of times on thousands of records. And uh, Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of people have seen those rotating things and had no clue as to what they are. Yeah, although a lot of times people come up to see what is that? They've never seen it before because... Yeah, yeah. Unless you're an older person, you know, they're they're not so common to see on stages anymore. Yeah. Well, I've seen a million of them, and I still don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, this guy named Don Leslie was an early adopter of a Hammond organ. The Hammond organs came out in the mid-30s, 1930. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The Model A Hammond came out. And, um, and this guy named Don Leslie <clears throat> purchased one. It sounded fantastic when he heard it in the Hammond showroom. Mm-hmm. 
and then he brought it home where he had carpets and drapes and what have you, and it didn't sound so great anymore. And no one had invented reverb yet. Hmm. So he was a tinkerer, an inventor, and his idea was, well, the sound needs to be thrown around. Mm-hmm. So his solution was this weird contraption of uh, uh, rotating speakers <laughs> to, um, to throw the sound around. So and, those are actually speakers. Yeah, there's, well, there's actually a tweeter pointing up into the rotating horn. And and you see the two rotating horns up there, but one of them is a dummy for counterweight. So only one of them has sound coming out of it. <laughs> and then and then you have a rotating uh, drum that a 15-inch speaker is pointing into. So the speakers themselves don't rotate, but the um, the the sound is thrown by these rotating devices. And the sound comes from the organ to the Leslie. Yeah, this, the organ only has a preamplifier in it. Uh-huh. Leslie speaker has an amplifier and has the speakers and it has the rotating horns and rotating drum. And, um, and they, they send sound in all directions. They're not really designed for a stage where you want to project the sound outward in one direction. They were designed to fill a room or a church, you know, mm. a home church. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they only had 40 Watts. That, that amplifier is only 40 Watts. I guess the way they rated watts back in the day was different. So the 40 watts is reasonably loud, but it can't compete with a, you know, regular guitar amp. Yeah. So then do you, do you mic the Leslie? Yeah. So back in the day they didn't have PAs. I mean, yeah, definitely nothing that was portable. They had these horrible things called the Shure Vocal Master PA, Mm -hmm. which which bands would carry around with them. It sounded like, you know, it was just terrible. So <laughs> the solution for an organ player was to travel with two Leslie speakers, 250-pound Leslie speakers plus the 250-pound organ. Jeez. And uh, it was crazy. But, you know, we were young, and, you know, that was the sound we wanted. And yeah. every band had to have a Hammond organ and Leslie to sound yeah. a real band. Mm-hmm. So it was something that was just... It was what there was out there, and that's what we did. Um, <clears throat> and then in stages, I cut back. I, I had uh, one of my B3s chopped, cut down. It's what they, they call it, a chop. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I first heard, uh, you know, I, the Nord combo organ, I was not impressed. I didn't think it sounded good at all. Mm. But I was hearing it. I wasn't hearing it through a Leslie speaker. Uh-huh. And then happened to hear one through a Leslie speaker. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> really good. Yeah. And it weighs 34 pounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Versus 250 pounds. <laughs> then you can put it under your arm. So, yes. so that's what I play the bulk of, on the bulk of my gigs, but I'm uh-huh. a stickler about playing it through a Leslie speaker. And then it starts to sound really good. Who do you think was the, uh, the the most influential of musicians who who uh, adopted that Leslie setup? Um, Jimmy Smith was it? Uh, I, I, I you know I knew you were going to say that, even though I didn't know the answer. <laughs> but he revolutionized the sound, the way mm-hmm. the played. Uh, before that, you had jazz organists like uh, Wild Bill Davis mm-hmm. and Milt Buckner. Uh, who were 
even Count Basie and uh, he experimented with it. Fats Waller, you know, when the, ha the earliest Hammond organs came out, but they had to to our ears that was a very old timey style and sound the way they played it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jimmy Smith uh, came up with the modern sound, and everyone imitated Jimmy Smith. And mm -hmm. even even though he was a jazz organist. His sound is what the, the rock and soul and blues organists. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, definitely Jimmy. Um, and he was, he bought one and planted it in a warehouse and didn't didn't play any gigs on it for a year. He, uh, really? continued, he was a, a, a working piano player um, and he continued playing his piano gigs. But he had, in college, he had studied, in music school, he studied bass fiddle. Because uh -huh. he was a classical piano uh, phenom prodigy, but he couldn't read well. And so to be a, a, a piano major in school, he didn't read well enough. So he majored in bass fiddle with the result that when he got this organ in his warehouse and started practicing on it during the days, he was woodshedding. Mm -hmm. um, he wasn't just he wasn't satisfied with the bass sound coming from the bass pedals mm -hmm. and he. Uh, fiddle, fiddled around and somehow came up with this concept of playing the left hand bass and augmenting it with the bass pedals to make, get, come up with a sound that really sounds like a bass. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then with his right hand, he came up with a different sound also that everyone uses. So, so definitely Jimmy Smith. But then you have you know uh, Booker T, uh, Booker T and the MGs mm -hmm. with a little different concept and. Um, Billy Preston, you know. Yeah. I mean, the organ always had a church. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it came out of the church. You right. Know, Jim, right. Uh, but uh, Billy Preston was a, a really a gospel organist. Mm -hmm. And he, in an interview, he was asked, you know, you're so versatile. I mean, you play rock, you play soul music, you play country. You know, how do you, you know, how, do, how could you be so versatile? And he says, oh, actually, I just play gospel through everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what he did. Speaking of Booker T. Booker T, I, yeah. I, we, we can't talk about the Blues Festival without speaking about the time when this other guy wrecked the organ. Oh, yeah. I was there for that. Well, we won't name names. That's okay. But, yeah, I had met, uh, we heard that Booker T wanted to check out the organ prior to his performance. Uh, so I met him and his uh, uh, wife and manager. Um, uh, Tracy, Tracy was there also. Um, so we met down at the North stage um, where Booker was going to perform that evening. We met at noon, I think, mm -hmm. and he was able to check out the organ and he was happy with it. And, um, he uh, he's a stickler for the organ being very clean, mm -hmm. and so uh, I, I I wiped it down for him with uh, <laughs> sanitized wipes. I don't know how long you want to go. This story could go. No, on. no. Oh, go ahead. Just go ahead. This is this is a podcast. You can talk forever. Okay. Well, it's 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 in retrospect, it's amusing. So he uh, so so he was happy with the organ. It's a very good organ. It's uh, this black B three that. Uh, all my organs have uh, nicknames. This one's called Belinda. <laughs> the name usually begins with a B, and it, the name 
is suggestive of a large woman. So, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't have any Jennifers or or, or Bettys. You know, it's Belinda or I had Beulah. Brun Hilda was another one. Um, but this is Belinda, the Black B3, extremely popular. The musicians all rave about it. The, the local churches all request that particular organ. So the great organ. Um, and Booker loved it. Everything's all set. Um, so that evening, I was off at Jimmy Max playing my gig, but um, Tracy was there. And um, um, the band preceding Booker on that same North stage uh, the organist was really uh, a big guy playing standing up and really attacking the organ. And Booker was backstage, and reportedly he said, just from listening, he said, that kid's going to break the organ. <sighs> just from listening, he could tell. And so, Jeez. sure enough, uh, the organ player broke not one, not two, but three keys. Oh, jeez. Uh, in my whole career, I've never broken a key. So <laughs> You have to really hit the keys hard to break a key on a hammock. So he broke three keys, and now Booker, now there's an hour break while the other, uh, the music is performed on the other stage. There's a band on the opposite stage. Mm -hmm. One hour to do something. And uh, there's no time to fix the organ. Um, and now the organ player, who had just broken the organ, says, oh, well, um, I've got my organ out in the van. You know, he, he had his cut down Hammond all the time in the van under the oh. state, under the under the bridge. Oh, <laughs> so, which he had conveniently not mentioned to anyone. So they uh, the crew went and got that organ, got up on stage, opened up the lid and inside. Uh, again, this is all secondhand, but inside mm -hmm. was a mess. I mean, there were like food wrappers. There was like <laughs> a piece of fried chicken. Jeez. It was. And, and Booker's watching all this, you know, and, and he's <laughs> he's remember a, a stickler about yeah uh, about germs and and cleanliness and <laughs> and so so they start uh, the, the crew starts you know frantically going at at the, the organ with with uh, towels you know to clean it off. Mm -hmm. Now the organ player who had just wrecked my organ comes running up and said, hey, be careful. That's a delicate instrument. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but they got it cleaned up. Uh, Booker played it. Uh, you know, the, the, the show went on. Um, but uh, uh, one of the stage managers had to be held back. This kid, this kid now was uh, disparaging my organ, saying, well, that was a, yeah. a crappy organ anyway. And... Uh, yeah, the late great uh, Jim Miller, who was the yes. most mellow and lovable right. guy. Well, he had to restrain from attacking the kid. <laughs> hard to get him mad. It was. Yeah, hard to get Jim mad. <laughs> but anyway, uh, since then, um, uh, the crew has been instructed to be, you know, attentive to anyone <laughs> attacking an organ like that. <laughs> but also, also, we've come to learn that super glue in most cases, will repair a broken organ key. Well, there's, let's and, learn. it was a, a, learning, a, learn, a learning thing for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jeez. Belinda, Belinda lives on. That's and great. She'll, so be you, at the she'll be at the festival this year. That's nice. So you, you, you provide the organs for a lot of churches, too? Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. and also for the, um, there's an annual 
uh, series of sold out shows at the Schnitz called a gospel Christmas. Uh -huh. And, uh, they don't use the organ every year. So, uh, this last year they didn't use it, but when they do use an organ, they, they always mm -hmm. use it. So I rent to the Schnitz. We rent to the Schnitz, I should mm -hmm. say, paint organ rental service and to other venues around town. And we've rented, we rented to Lady Gaga a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> She was secretly in town um, visiting her uh, physician, and she recorded some tracks at a local studio, and it was all hush-hush. Um, I was just told I was going to be renting out to a uh, pop artist. <laughs> but I looked up the name of the organ player online, and okay, he's musical director for Lady Gaga. So. <laughs> but so, yeah, rent. rent rent to a lot of different people, a lot of different venues. And um, it's been a good sideline for me, apart from playing the instruments. Yeah. Speaking of playing the instrument, who are you playing with at the Blues Festival this year? I'm going to be playing on uh, the 2nd, July 2nd, with mm -hmm. John Bunzo. Uh-huh. That's going to be happening at 3 p.m., I think. Um, not sure which stage. I think that's going to be the South stage, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure. And then I'm going to be playing with uh, Lloyd Jones' Struggle, the full band with horns and everything. Nice. We're, we have a great slide at 8 p.m. the next day on the 3rd. That's great. That's great. It is a, good, it is a nice slot. Very excited. Uh, Lloyd has a fantastic album that he recorded down in Tennessee with some amazing musicians. The yeah, musical he... director was uh, uh, Delbert McClinton's musical director. Yeah, he, uh, he told us the whole story on, on a podcast episode. Uh, it's and, a great album. It's, it's a, a great, it's a great he, story, too. Yeah. Uh, he's made, all his CDs have been great over yeah. the years. Mm -hmm. And this one is as good as any of them, in my opinion. And mm -hmm. uh, great songs, great production. And this is, but because of a uh, pandemic, uh, it's been delayed the whole rollout of the album. So this set at the festival will be his chance to really showcase the album and get the word out. Yeah. I've, of course, I've, I've played it on the radio as soon as it came out. Yeah. So, okay, so those two gigs at the, at the Blues Festival? Yeah. yeah sometimes right. something else right. comes up. You know, right. a touring band will mention that they need an organ or they would like to have an organ player, and I uh -huh. might see somebody, but that's yeah, that's the bulk of it. Yeah. Well, that's great. That sounds great. Um, you know, uh, good luck at this year's festival. I hope everything goes well for you. And, you. Uh, you know, I won't be able to be there this year, unfortunately, but next year is next year, you know. <laughs> well, um, that's, that's a drag that you won't be there, but you'll be yeah. listening, I'm sure. Yes, indeed. And, and you'll know when you hear an organ being played. That you're, <laughs> that's, hey! That's pain Organ Rental Service, and you're hearing... <laughs> Either Belinda or Esmeralda. <laughs> any any recordings coming out anytime soon? Well, um, Renato Caranto and I, uh, along with drummer Edwin Coleman, we did a CD uh, yeah. back in 2019, you know I've, about. I've played that on the radio many times. Yeah, uh, called It's About Time. We called mm -hmm. it It's About Time because it was about time that we had done an instrumental CD. Mm -hmm. And Downbeat gave it uh, four stars, mm -hmm. which really rare for a uh, self-produced, you know, little project like that. Yeah. And uh, they included it in their best albums of the year issue at the end Great. of the year. So since then, we've written a bunch of more tunes, especially during the pandemic. And we're 
chomping at the bit to get in the studio and record them. And um, we're ho hopefully going to do that soon, and then we'll have a new CD. Great. All right, well, listen, Lewis, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. And that's, uh, that's, it's, it's nice to know these, these backstories of, of, of the festivals and, and, and performances that we love. And um, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And as we like to say at the end of all of these, <laughs> Dots Entertainment. <laughs> thank you. Uh, pleasure being part of the podcast. All right.